Welcome to the Shepherd's Crick Podcast. This ministry exists to provide coaching, resources, and events for pastors and church members. My name is Jared Sparks. Join me as I talk pastoral ministry, applied theology like manhood and womanhood, political theology, and cultural analysis with a little bit of hunting and fishing thrown in. I'm a husband, a father, and a pastor, and I'm here to remind you of the chief pastor and our King, Jesus. Welcome back to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well today. I want to remind you of a couple things before I introduce you to my guest today. I want to remind you of what we got going on around the Shepherd's Crook. We have the membership that you can jump in on. If you want to do that, reach out to me. You're going to hear about that at the end of the show as well on the final outro. If you want to be a part of a member membership, that's $5 a month. That gets you uh, access to previous cohorts. It gets you uh, early access into and full access into the rites of passage series as that continues to unfold and then also it will get you a an old school old-fashioned wax sealed newsletter that comes to your mailbox the first of every month or the first week of every month if you want to be a part of that and support the work in that way you can and you also at the end of the year get a full um, year's worth of content audio and video sent to your house via a thumb drive in the mail uh, also, we have the Sons and Slaves podcast that just started. Me and my boys are having a lot of fun talking about boyhood and the process of becoming a man and just getting ready to start a new series going through a book called Boyhood and Beyond. It's going to be a great time. Would love for you guys to come uh, come along with us on that. And then finally, I want to remind you, we are we got the boot from Gab TV in the sense they're just shutting Gab TV down. If you would, and if you've been following along via video, please jump over because I've had to download like 200 and something episodes and now I'm re-uploading to YouTube and there's going to be daily content of archive content. So if you want to jump on YouTube and subscribe, please do. I'll have that link in the show notes. All right. I'm talking to a new buddy today, a guy that's been, uh, I've been following from afar for a while, talking to Derek Harema. How's it going, brother? Doing good, Jared. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Why don't we go and pray? You know the drill. We'll pray and then we'll get to know you a little bit. Sounds good. Father, we just thank you for all you're doing in our lives. You've been gracious to us. I thank you for Derek and his family and how you've guided them, directed them, and, and helped them land in a church that is a good spot for them. And Lord, I pray for this discussion. I pray people would be encouraged. And also just, uh, you know, talking about a family life and you working in our lives and changing our lives. God, we want to be grateful for all your work in our, our life on our behalf. And uh, also, uh, when it comes to even difficult situations of navigating church changes and trying to find a good and healthy church, Pray you'd bless this conversation for anybody that's in, in that kind of transition in their life as well right now. And uh, lead this time. I trust you will. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, brother. Tell us about yourself, your family, and then what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm born and raised in West Michigan, kind of the greater Grand Rapids area. Um, I've got uh, three kids, been married for almost 17 years. Uh, we're a homeschooling family, so very thankful to be able to do that. Um, life in Michigan has been interesting lately. Um, you know, last few years, we've been really taken surprised by a lot of things. Uh, you know, just thankful for God's provision, you know, th through that time in all of our lives, but, um, land of tyranny up there. Yeah, I know it's, uh, it was insane back in 2020 where we could, we were outlawed from buying garden seeds and paint and it was oh my gosh. unsafe to do so. <laughs> insane. And isn't there a new law or bill that just passed through like a hate speech bill or something like that about uh, misgendering somebody or something? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty serious up here. I think it'll be interesting from what I've gathered, you know, how that's going to actually be enforced and what, you know, you know, I'm sure there's going to be lawsuits and, and that sort of thing, but it's uh, quickly turning into, you know, freedom to not be offended <laughs> instead of freedom of speech. And it's just, mm-hmm. um, it's wild, but, you know, it's, uh, I'm not ready to pack up and leave just yet. Um, I think that there's still still some you know opportunity for um you know the kingdom to advance here in michigan so yeah. um it's it's definitely interesting but yeah thankful to homeschool uh, i've been here 17 years um i work in the data destruction industry so i work with uh um hospitals and banks uh, whether it be uh hard drives cds paper you know any sensitive data i work yeah. hard to destroy it. I'm, I'm in a sales position there so nice. um keeps keeps me you know interested involved kind of in the community a little bit and um you know, every day is different. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Awesome. Very cool. Now, uh, the homeschool regulations, I'm curious, because we just talked a little bit beforehand on the homeschool side of things in Illinois, even though we are a blue state and very similar to Michigan in a lot of ways, there's no regulation at all. So what, what's that like with homeschool for you guys? It's very much the same. So up until this most recent midterm election, it's, you know, you've had a pretty good stronghold of Republican, not that they're perfect by any means, but um, it, it was very uh, balanced in a way, despite our governor. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of homeschooling, it's similar to Illinois by the sounds of it. It's there's there's, okay. there's no registration. There's no teacher certification. Um, there's no hoops to jump through. You essentially just start. And uh, so we've uh, we've used a variety of curriculums, but it's been it's been very fruitful to see my kids grow. So my oldest is 13. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, middle child's 10 and then youngest is eight and just awesome. seeing them grow and, and teaching them everything from a Christian worldview. I mean, that's, Absolutely. that's, the key. Um, you know, it's just how to view, how do we view this world and the things that happen mm-hmm. and they have a front row seat here in Michigan of how wild it can get. And, uh, yeah, right. From that Christian worldview for sure, man. Well, well done for you guys. That's a lot of fun. We love homeschooling and we have a culture of homeschooling at our church and our friends. And so it's, it's really neat to do that together with people. And uh, okay, so when I was a kid, I loved Michigan because of the Fab Five. I mean, I absolutely loved them. I also loved Desmond Howard. Uh, I loved Charles Woodson. And so I love Michigan football and basketball for some reason. I don't know why. And when I was a kid, when I would draw at school, I went to public school until I was in sixth grade. And I would always draw the state of Michigan. I would, that's just what I always do. So, but Grand Rapids is, is pretty high up there, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's, uh, isn't that near the lake? It's, it's, it's right next to the lake, isn't it? Yep, we're probably about 30 minutes from the lake and up until about a month ago, we were always saying year after year, like, why don't we go to this basic ocean that's 30 uh-huh. minutes away? Um, and we never went up until about a month ago. And uh, my kids are, it, water was freezing. It was it was still fun, uh-huh. um, but it's definitely something on our list for this year is like, let's take advantage of the of this land that we have in this, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the lake there. I mean, there's just a lot to do there. And um gets nice for a few few months and then it gets bitter cold but um no we're very very grateful for that um nice a lot to see up here for sure so now one more michigan question before we move on to the serious stuff so winter time is what october basically to april i would lately it's been mid-december till about april so we've had some warmer falls um and that sort of thing but um you kind of just get what you get here in michigan and uh, you know, from a from a weather perspective, it's uh, I'm thankful for the four seasons. Like I think, you know, if I moved south, you know, mm-hmm. where it's hot all the time, mm-hmm. I would be fairly miserable. But we uh, we keep it keep it different here in Michigan, yeah. and that's it's a good thing. But right. one Man. quick thing on the on the note of homeschooling, I was, I've um, definitely got to mention. Um, my wife has really gotten into like sourdough and yeah. And, 
baking and, and, and really if, if we can buy it, we can make it. And so I, she told me to make sure to say, um, you know, Jordan's episode recently in Fruitful of Fear, it's actually not recently, I think it was one of the earlier ones about okay. sourdough was what yeah. got her to do it. So oh, that's awesome. Heck we've yeah, been following man. that podcast and that that was the kind of the stepping point or launching point of of uh you know looking at things like um you know fermented vegetables and anything yeah. that you can make yourself you know we by all by all means are doing so things like homemade ice cream now like all sorts of, of cool stuff that the kids man love, that so. is awesome well i'll tell her that she'll be encouraged by that that's pretty cool that's awesome. um okay so bring us up speed then on your life your testimony because uh, you you said you're born into a christian family and uh into a church family but really have a, an interesting story and testimony so i just love to hear that and love for everybody to everybody to hear what god's done in your life yeah, absolutely. And I always like to kind of start with a lighthearted joke. And my, my Presbyterian friends have really teased me for like the, the journey and the circle that I've, I've gone. So, um, yeah, born and raised in a Christian family, um, CRC, Christian Farm Church. It's a really big stronghold here in West Michigan. I think the RCA is based here. Um, you know, we got Kelvin University. Um, it just, yeah, it's Dutch really Reform. Yep, Dutch Reform. Yeah, that's where that's where Kevin DeYoung was at before he uh, before he moved on, correct? That denomination? I think so. I think he's in Lansing now, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, I'm not terribly familiar with, with his ministry, but I know okay. he's in Michigan. Um, guys like Joel Beakey, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. um, Reformation Heritage Books is yeah. a awesome place. I love, to, I love 20 minutes away from it. Absolutely love that place. Um, but yeah, born and raised here in West Michigan. Um, you know, went to a CRC church, was baptized as an infant, <laughs> Um, you know, attended church every single week for which I'm very thankful for as a child. Um, and then, you know, I, I got married fairly young in life. Um, so I kind of pivoted from CRC to a, a mega church here in the area, here in Grand Rapids. I think that's, it's floating somewhere around 10 to 12,000 people. Oh that attend like three campuses, um, you know, you're live streaming before COVID even you're not, you're recording in, in the main campus and live streaming in the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, during that 14 years, man, I just, I would still call myself a Christian, but in terms of wanting to grow, like I didn't know that I should want to grow as a Christian. Okay. And so I attended there for a long time and really didn't grow at all. I mean, it was <laughs> spiritual milk when I should have had a ribeye steak. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, it was just up until about 2017, it was like that. I still remember um, drafting my fantasy football team during the service one year. Okay. You know, it, it's just, uh, that's not what you should do, but we, you know, we, we would sit far from the congregation. We would just kind of consume a service. It was just uh-huh. consuming one. It wasn't understanding what's actually happening in a worship service. We drop our kids off and say goodbye, mm-hmm. you know, color Noah's Ark and that's church. <laughs> so right, right. a lot wrong there. Um, but yeah, then in 2017, um, God used Moody Radio, of all things, to, um, to really get my attention. So um, I'm on the road a lot for work at the time. And, uh, you know, I'd be listening to guys like John MacArthur, Erwin uh, mm-hmm. Lutzer, um, guys like um, James McDonald and J.D. Greer, who I know since then have had various trials. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, right. But, you know, I'm hearing preached. And this was this is a Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, all day masculine preaching on the holiness of God, the sinfulness of man, um, where the sinfulness of man leads to mm-hmm. the, the power of the Holy Spirit with regeneration and, and, and making an evil heart want God. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Apart from that, we're, we're hopeless. Yeah. Um, so I'm hearing that Monday through Friday, and then I'm, it's dawning on me. I'm not hearing this on Sunday mornings. Not only have I been here, you know, 14, 15 years, 
I don't know anybody. And that's a two-way road. I, I share in the um, in the blame on that. I, we didn't really make a lot of effort there, but uh, we don't know anybody. And we're not hearing the gospel preached. So I remember some of the, we really started kicking into high gear of, we got to find a better church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like a couple of the last sermons that we heard from there would take, you know, the book of Philippians and it would talk about the anxiety that Paul must have felt in jail. And hmm. because he got through that, we can get through our doctor's appointments. Or, oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, you know, in, in Genesis with the story of Joseph, he, he would tie that to getting through a turbulent Thanksgiving dinner. Hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And it's like, right. I'm pretty sure there's a lot more going on there. Yeah. <laughs> So it was just, I'm starting to kind of understand what's going on at this point in my life. And we're like, hey, we got to find a better spot. So um, that led me to about mid 2018 and uh, stumbled into a small country church. You know, mm-hmm. there were probably about 25 people there when my five joined it. Um, hit it off with the pastor. It was the right preaching at the right time in my life. God absolutely provided. And and, and the, the fruit from the time there will spread through many lives. Things mm-hmm. like... Um, understanding the worldview, understanding that there's a battle going on, whether whether we like it or not, there's mm-hmm. a battle going on. A battle not only just over sin, but of the of the powers of evil. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. There's there's no neutrality. It's where I learned worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where I learned, you know, eschatology and times. I know that there's different views on that, but understanding the differences there it was um, incredibly fruitful. Mm-hmm. Understanding the, just the power of 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 sin over a man, but also what, what God has done to save us is just um, yeah, right. unbelievable. And then this little thing called COVID hit. <laughs> um, and that, you know, that was in 2020. And um, I had the perspective and it was just an incredible blessing. We never closed our doors during that time. We were one mm-hmm. of the few churches in Michigan that stayed open. And uh-huh. yeah, it was, it was a small church, but um, you know, it was, it went from about 30 people to 130 people really wow. quick. And wow. it was, I'll look back as that being one of the, the coolest times of my life. I met awesome. some amazing people and it wasn't necessarily all of the same tradition or the same. So I listened to your recent episode of, of dogma, personal and congregational dogma. And I'm like, yeah. no, that's really interesting because we're getting people from, it was relatable to me. We're getting people uh-huh. all over the, the spectrum and some were really far along and mature, some not as much, but we all knew on Sunday morning, we better be in church worshiping our Lord and savior. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that was, that was quite the perspective. It was, it was, just as an awesome experience. Um, so very fruitful. Um, we're able to really link shields with a lot of brothers and sisters and that also understood the world around us. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and so that was very fruitful for a while. Um, you know, unfortunately that church, it, it ended, you know, something chaotic happened. Um, we, we got to a point where in, the, in your podcast, the shepherd's crook really helped me through the, this time. Um, you know, the shepherd needed to be shepherded. Mm-hmm. All- and what does a small country church do when a shepherd needs shepherding and rejects it and there's no elders, there's mm-hmm. no um, church constitution or bylaws, there's no authority, there's no um, structure to appeal to, mm-hmm. and there's major conflict. And w- yeah. What do you do? And so um, that was that was very, very difficult. It was um, it kind of was a ticking time bomb that blew uh-huh. up and, and it was. Um, this is an ugly situation, but, you know, I saw, I saw the need for, I saw, I saw the value of the larger church. You know, ha- I know there's issues with denominations too, but having sister churches or a denomination mm-hmm. or a presbytery, a, pl- a plurality, um, <laughs> I really saw that the the value of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I interject so, a thought real, yeah, real quick? Absolutely. I love that you're identifying through that, 
look what God did. It was a really sweet time. It was a time of spiritual development and difficult things. And man, that's how, that's how I mean, often within churches, that's, you know, what have to people look, you know, people have to look back and recognize that really good things were happening simultaneous and parallel to things that maybe, maybe weren't the most healthy thing. And so I love that you're able to identify that being so close to being removed from that situation and yet identifying, Hey, there's some great things that still happened. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I looked at it as this was a time as a man to, to really step up and all eyes were on me. My kids were looking at me like, what are you going to do through this, this situation? It was one of intense division you know, and mm. by nature with a division. There's, there's choosing a side. Yeah. And, and standing for a principle. Um, and so all eyes were on me and I just thought, okay, I can't tell you how many times I told my kids, our God will provide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he most yeah. certainly did. Um, you know, the loss of friends was a, was a big, was a big deal through this. And it was, you know, thinking back to my days at that mega church, it's like God provided or God intended the Christian life to be one of fellowship. Mm-hmm. He didn't intend it to be one of isolation, which is what our enemy wanted to do during COVID was just isolate everybody in their homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just, telling my kids, you know, God's going to provide for us. And so um, we ended up leaving that church. And unfortunately, it did cl- end up closing. And, um, you know, it's just a sad, it's really sad ending and uh, led us to an OPC church here in West Michigan. And um, I had some really faithful brothers and sisters that um, I met through COVID. You know, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're learning who's like-minded around us through this this trial in 2020 and 2021. And I met a great group of people there. And um was able to land on my feet pretty fast mm-hmm. at this OPC church. And again, kind of going back to how I started with, I got Presbyterian friends that tease me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, you know, CRC, non-denom in the country church was a Baptist church. So Baptist yeah. now OPC. Um, so they, we, we have our fun and games. And, and I think my challenge that is before me is I don't want to be a chameleon Christian that just believes yeah. wherever I may be. Um, you know, the church I'm at currently has, strong preaching. They understand the culture war. They understand the importance of a strong family within a church. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of really good, strong things there. And so my challenge before me is I want to, I want to hone in. What do I believe about baptism? Yeah. You know, some of right. those kind of second, I have some of the tertiary ones that nailed down. Um, but secondary ones are the ones I got to develop a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's been a pretty wild, um, you know, turn of events for me. Um, just the importance of, of sticking with, um, you know, a faithful church. I, yeah, I told my right. kids that, I know I'm kind of rambling here, but the, no, that's all the right. Worst, that's right. It's good. The, the worst thing I could have done through this was just stop going. Yeah, you know, we, exactly. Uh, say, exactly. Hey, here's a trial, and we're just going to stay home now. <laughs> okay, so in that process of leaving a church, what were your what were the things that you were looking for where, you know, okay, I've got to find a church for my family and we can't just stop going and it can't take years to find a church. So I know a lot of people that are in this, in this situation and, you know, have over the years where they, they don't exactly, they know that this isn't where we need to be. Uh, maybe they've come into a, a place just like yourself or like, man, this, this preaching and what we're doing here is not biblical. Like this isn't the best it could be. There's some godly people here. There's some people that really love the Lord, but this is not going to be good for our family long-term. I don't want to raise my children here. So what were the principles then, or what were the things that the the pieces there that you were looking for as you and your wife were thinking through and as you were praying through, uh, trying to make the change, how did you land where you land and why? Well, I think um, off the bat, I mean, they have to preach the gospel and they, and they can't shy away from the difficult things. Mm-hmm. Um, things like sin, repentance, hell, <laughs> um, 
how how we're justified and sanctified. You know, mm-hmm. some of the doctrinal things, but also the basic things. You know, the the mega church that I spent time at, they um, they wouldn't re- use the word sin hardly ever. It was the ugly stuff inside, oh. <laughs> the ugly tendencies. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. like if you treat it like that, then you're treating it like it's a disease that can be cured with medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You right. know, a, a topical cream or a pill or something, and it's uh, you know, it's much more than it's it's a it's sin, and so we have to call it what it is. So, uh, making sure they don't shy away from that um, was definitely key. But, um, you know, looking at things like a, a liturgy, you mm-hmm. know, and there's a, a wide view, and I don't claim to be an expert in it, but the difference between hey, we want to sing a catchy, almost love song. That man likes. Are, are they asking the question of how does God want to be worshipped on Sunday morning? Yeah, that's good. You know, have they worked through that? Is it you know there, there's I know there's hymns, there's psalms, there's contemporary Christian, and again I don't I don't claim to be an expert on that, but do they ask that question from the perspective how does how does God want to receive the worship? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other things I'm looking for are you know um, potential you know friendships and and like-minded people. It doesn't have to be um, firm, you know post-millennial eschatology doesn't have to be, you know, 100% in agreement, but are there guys here that know the culture war? Yeah. Do they do they get what's coming? And so I'm very thankful for, there's a lot of guys at my church right now that understand what's coming. They're listening to guys yeah. like you and Eric Kahn and Michael Foster. They're reading books about how to be a Christian man, mm-hmm. um, homeschooling their children, or they're sending them to a solid Christian school. Yeah. Um, but they get the culture war. And that, that's ultimately what, um, those those few things are the things that I'm yeah. really into. if if the preaching doesn't acknowledge the culture war that was a big red flag. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. I think that's really good markers. I, I think uh, a lot of a lot of times when people are in, just so entrenched in a church that is a kind of mega church feel, there it's so easy to be there. And I think a, a lot of people really buy into what what is a I mean it. it it, well, it's just wrong. It's not necessarily a lie because I think people really believe it. They believe the lie that the church really doesn't prescribe or the Bible doesn't really prescribe what the Lord's Day gathering is supposed to be like. We're just free to do whatever we want to do. And so we're going to make it as palpable as possible because we really want to bring people in. And this one piece, I've, I've known, like if this, if this, it's almost like a grenade that goes off if, with your ecclesiology. If you understand that, wait a minute, Sunday morning is not for the lost. It's it's about God's glory and the edification of the saints. Yep. That is that that's something that seems to, um, you know, help people really unlock. Wait a minute, the Bible really is clear about this. We're, we are prescribed things to to do on Sunday morning, and this isn't for evangelism. Evangelism right. is going to happen most likely. The gospel should be proclaimed, but it's not about evangelism. It's not about the lost visiting here. Right. That changes everything. And I think um, to maybe further that another step is. It, I want this to be an encouragement to any pastors listening is everything that is done on a Sunday morning is instructive. It's formative it's teaching something in your liturgy. So thinking through the steps of it or, or the, the songs that are sung is teaching something, you know, whether it's um, the sacraments, you know, if it's weekly or if it's wine or if it's juice, all these little things that we, we think are little teach something about, mm-hmm. about Absolutely. how God wants to be worshiped. So, um, and a lot of that I learned from that small country church that I went to, um, you know, through COVID is what's happening on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. What, what's, all, what's all going on when the saints gather on, on, a, on a Sunday? So, um, yeah, forever grateful for having that opportunity to, to view that and, and learn that mm-hmm. was huge. 
Well, let's go back to sitting in a truck, listening to music or sitting in your car, listening to uh, sermons. So not music uh, sermons. <laughs> you said you heard masculine preaching for the first time. I yeah. remember for me when I grew up, I, I grew up in a church. It was really motivational preaching. And there's a lot of people that love the Lord. It wasn't necessarily a mega church ish. It was kind of a lot of time. Well, they, they were kind of like that, but it was a large church or six, 700 people. And most of the sermons were very topical. Today, I'm going to talk to you about faith, or today I'm going to talk to you about courage, or today I'm going to talk to you about whatever. And the first time I heard real preaching, it was like, I was, I was hooked, man. It th th This is so different. So what is, when you say masculine preaching, what is it about that, uh, like real preaching that's so different? Yeah, I would say, and the guy that comes to my mind when you, when you, with what you just said is James McDonald. I mean, he had a sermon on the the greatness of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just think like, what a wonderful sermon. Um, but I think with a masculine voice, there's, there's an authoritative tone. Mm -hmm. There's a seriousness of the situation. There's, this is what the Bible says. Um, yeah. and, and we're not going to back down from it. And we're going to rally as men or as, as representatives of our family. And we're going to stand our ground. And mm -hmm. There was a lot of that with with his ministry. I know, you know, I think I was a little bit after Mark Driscoll, um, okay. and I still I still listen to some of his, his newer stuff. But you know, in the time I was in a mega church, that and his ministry was going on and all that. That was uh, that was not something I was listening to. Right. Um, but yeah, the James McDonald preaching and J.D. Greer. I mean, it was it was solid. It was right. it was sound doctrine. It was talking about sin and, and repentance. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, I know those had some wayward endings. Um, but again, there's there's forgiveness, there's there's change there, there's repentance there, and um, you know, we'll see where that all goes. Yeah, with James McDonald, it's interesting because he, you know, I think he he just got arrested for like assaulting a woman or something, oh, wow. <laughs> something wow. something crazy. But bro, when I first heard him preach, and I I had only I, I think maybe two thousand and maybe two thousand and twelve, I heard him because he was at this Acts twenty nine quarterly up at the Journey St Louis. And we went up there and Darren Patrick had brought him in and I heard him preach. I thought, this is the best. This is incredible. I yeah. mean, it's, it was absolutely incredible. There's something about real preaching. I think that authority piece is there. And for, for a lot of guys where, you know, there are so many guys at mega churches that are, man, they are just there. They're barely present. And it's almost like, man, if you could just get real good preaching in front of them, they would come alive. You know, I mean, it's just like they're there and they're a comatose state or something. Well, I think guys will hear a sermon and and if they're saying wow he's a really gifted speaker that that's that's a problem mm -hmm. but if a guy listens to a sermon they hear wow that was spot on doctrine like yeah. amen and ouch like Vadi Hakim says like um you know there's i think the masculine preaching is going to appeal to the doctrine mm -hmm. whereas like if someone's saying you know man or woman if they're saying wow he's he's a really gifted speaker you know that's that's not masculine preaching. No. It's not necessarily the delivery and the fanciness of, of linguistics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's my heart. <laughs> that, and that's the, that's that authority piece. Cause you know, in, t in this conversation that has been swirling around about, I don't know if you've seen it about Ali Stuckey and she, she's yeah. saying that she could put together a presentation and, and she could, she has the ability to preach. And I understood what she was saying. She had the ability to put together a manuscript or to put together an outline and get up and talk through a text. And, Yet the piece that's there where the, the inability piece, there is this piece of authority with real preaching. It, you have to reprove and rebuke with all authority, which would be totally and wildly inappropriate for a lady to do in a room of, of men and husbands. And and which she admittedly wouldn't wouldn't do that because she's wanting to be faithful. But the piece that 
is still there is that there's this there's this authority with real preaching and i think that's what it was with driscoll for so so many guys early on with him that you know people talk about feeling beat up by driscoll and i get that you know like i've listened to some of the king's hall guys and go through even aaron wren went through a, a, a sermon that he had preached years ago but i've personally never once felt beat up by him i always yeah. felt called up by him even yeah. in those sermons that you know he's hammering the dudes and he's easy on the ladies for me personally, it still was like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. You know, like that, that for me at the right moment in the right way, somehow or another still spoke to me. And there's just not many, honestly, there's really not many guys like that, that preach like that. I think that's why people are still drawn to Driscoll and, and are kind of being redrawn to him is because uh -huh. of that, is that he speaks to men as men in a way that very few guys do, whether you like the content or not, there's something about the way he talks to guys that it for guys like me anyways i'm like man i, I respect that well it's does he cut straight does he mm -hmm. does he tell you directly what you need to hear wait not right. what you necessarily want to hear but what you need to hear as a fallen human being and i think somebody uh i forget who but um you know god uses crooked sticks to draw straight lines yeah you know that, right. that stuck with me because we're all fallen mm -hmm. but through all these experiences you know just seeing the hand of god in my life over the last year has been unbelievable we were mm -hmm. We were able to take everything that we've learned and and, and still get settled in somewhere, and mm -hmm. uh, and we'll see where it goes with with Michigan. But um, you know, guys like guys like Driscoll and McDonald, they all they all played a part, and it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's one that I'm always thankful for. Yeah, yeah. I think when I'm an older man and I'm 60s, 70s, talking to grandkids and just talking about my walk with the Lord, and you know, for Driscoll will always be a part of that, always, and for you, McDonald will always always be a part of that, and. Yeah, I mean, it's just honest. It's just God used those guys and uh, in, in a way that was really powerful. And I think some of the lessons that we can pull is that we want the both and. I mean, we don't want to be the guy that's really good at, at preaching, really good at, you know, your sales guys. I mean, really good at sales. I mean, we do want to be men that are you know, the same guy, um, you know, in publicly and in private. And I think that's what really gets so many men and and really gets them to a place where they they never thought they would be or never wanted to be. And it's that integrity piece behind the scenes. And so I think some of those lessons that we can learn are, you know, just be, be, an, uh, be a godly, just be a man of integrity, just be a, be a real and authentic godly yeah. man. And, and I think the thing I've really dwelled on to that point is, you know, what, what's the difference between a good preacher and a good shepherd? You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, the word shepherd is one that I would encourage everybody to kind of dwell on is at my church, am I being shepherded mm -hmm. or am I just consuming a message? Because there's nothing biblical about just consuming a message, yeah. a trendy message. <laughs> um, yeah. We need we need as Christians to be shepherded by a godly man, and that's, mm -hmm. that's such a, a high task. Um, and when you find one, you rally around them and you and you support them as best you can, and you, and you learn from him even when it's hard. I mean, it's mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, it's definitely that important. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. All right, well, let's uh, jump into something you also mentioned earlier about the possibility of moving, not moving, staying there. There's good work to be done. Somebody's going to be here. People are going to be here in Michigan and in Illinois. We're having some of the same conversations where most of the people at our church are here because church, family, and work. I mean, that's why they're here. Uh, so at what point for you, do you talk to your wife and say, honey, uh, I think now's the time. Is there a limit? Is it homeschool regulations? Like what, what is it that would make you seriously consider, you know, having to make a, make a move? I think it's the homeschool regulations are a very big factor. Um, that, that's a, a lifestyle changer. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. um, I, I can bear with, um, I'm even rebellious enough to defy 
to an extent, you know, that can only, that can go as far. I, I think there's a, an element of kids need to see their parents willing to stand for something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we had opportunities over the last few years and you, it's one thing to say it, but your actions also speak loudly and they're watching. Um, but with, and with the homeschooling aspect, like there would probably be a point where I'd say that I've had enough. Um, mm-hmm. and that would probably be it, but I, I'm convinced I've had talks with brothers here that I think Satan desperately wants Grand Rapids, Michigan. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of guys that are willing to say, no, <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to, we're going to launch a counteroffensive through prayer and through preaching. And I'm supporting and thankful for, for some brothers that are, that are gifted in that way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those kind of unknown things. I, I don't, I don't want to quickly and easily just leave. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, if, I'm, if I truly have a post-millennial view of things, I think eventually Michigan will be Christianized. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah. and, and to just say, hey, I, at the slightest discomfort, I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of it goes against that a little bit. But all that said, there, there's also, I think it was Joel Webbins' argument of there is a strategy to mm-hmm. ra- a rallying point from which we can unite and, and, and launch in a, a Christianized attack. Um, yeah, you know, right. From there. So it's one of those things I, I pray about it often. Um, the future looks bleak in Michigan in some way, but I also think we can't just be beaten by that. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we were all, we quickly, we quickly did that through COVID and it was mm-hmm. one of the biggest blessings of my life to be a part of that church. So yeah, amen. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. To answer your question is really, I think the homeschool aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can, I can be, I can bear with tension and pay and have patience through quite a bit. So um, yeah, we're not looking to leave anytime soon. Yeah, that's that's the same with us. If they just came to us and said, here, this is your new gender and sex education that you have to teach your children. And if you don't, DCFS is coming, then we would be out the next week, you know, yeah. the next day. But we are so far from that. Even if you had incremental regulation, we would uh, take a long time to get to that point. But uh, man, there's been a ton of good stuff here. I, I've been just so encouraged talking to you. And it's, it's cool to hear what God's done in your life, Derek. And uh, I know that there's been in the past, you know, trying to think through, wrestle through the possibility of maybe being an elder one day. So, I mean, have you set your, I mean, is that still a desire not being in a Presbyterian church? You said there's more hoops to jump through for that, but are you hoping and thinking about the possibility of sitting on a session someday? What, what's your thoughts? Absolutely. Um, I think that I always want my life to, to be qualified um, mm-hmm. according to the scriptural qualifications of an elder. Um I think I've got some doctrinal things to, to sharpen, you know, where do I stand on certain issues and, and are they in agreement with OPC? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm understanding those arguments and, and discussions and their point of view on different things, but I think I need to really, really own them. Mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely. I think godly elders are a gift. I think um, having elders and pastors that understand the world around us, you know, and know what to do. They're like the men of Issachar. Yeah. Um, what a gift. And if somebody is listening, has that at their church, man, you, you need to rally around them. You need to be praying for your elders. You need to be praying for your deacons. You need to be praying for your pastor. We need men of courage right now. And uh, um, I feel like if God calls me to be an elder, man, I would I would serve gratefully and, mm-hmm. and thankfully. And I think yeah. that um, we're hopefully going to see more and more of that as time goes on, the more more godly men that that choose that path. That respect. It's a high calling, and, uh, yeah. and we need Amen. Well, let's wrap it up with a final question. Derek, why do you love Jesus so much, man? I love Jesus, I, I think, because of Colossians 1. <laughs> I I was alienated. I was I was drafting my fantasy football team during the worship service. I was 
I was hostile. I was, I was evil to my core and the Holy spirit and, and Christ saved me. And then as Colossians one says, all things are for him and through him and, mm-hmm. and because of his greatness. So, um, that, that's my past and my present and my future. And I just, I, I love that chapter so much and, and I love him because he first loved me. That's good stuff. Well, it's been a lot of fun, dude. Thanks so much. Been cool getting to know you and everybody listening in. Thanks for tuning in, Derek. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, thanks, Jared. Thanks again for listening to the Shepherd's Crypt podcast. For more information, you can go to theshepherdscrypt.co. Please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes. And if you want to become a member of the Shepherd's Crypt, please message me and we'll get you on the list. We hope you have a great rest of your day.